Imagine ATL Sports Talk with Eugene Morton coming to you from the lovely city of Atlanta, Georgia, here with some unseasonable warmth that we've been enjoying. It's getting back to regular weather, but I've really enjoyed the spring weather, Eugene. I'm not a cold weather guy, and I've really been enjoying it the last few weeks in Atlanta. Now, before we get to our football matters, which we we would usually jump into, especially this time of year, because there's a lot for us to talk about. Um, let's touch a little bit on the baseball situation here. Have you been following okay. what's been going on with the whole cheating thing and everything? I, yeah, I remember when they were talking about it. And uh, I mean, I mean, uh, I think we can, uh, I mean, there's probably always going to be some form of cheating, but this is like, this, this is like a new level. Like, the, right. It's elevated. Now, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, now it's, it's like, uh, they're like now you're. I don't know if you saw pictures online this week, but now they were like, "There's." I mean, I again, I don't know if these have been doctor pictures, but of like buzzers and like yeah, and the, the uniform. I was gonna ask you about it. Did you see the Jose Altuve situation? I Altuve. did. Um, he's like, "Hey, like, don't rip don't my, rip my uniform. Don't rip my jersey." Yeah, oh man, yeah, that, yeah. that looks horrible. By the way, yeah, that looks horrible. There was a picture, and I'm not sure what team he pitched for. He was commentating, and he said he would rather have faced a hitter who was jacked up on steroids than face a hitter who knew what he was throwing. Yeah. Cause he yeah, said the steroid like, guy, I could still get him out. He's yeah. the guy who knew what I'm throwing. He's got a significant advantage. Absolutely. So I'm like, Oh man. And you know, you can always look down and baseballs always look the other way on stealing signs. If you can take them in game yourself or, uh, if you happen to guess what they are just by looking at them, but the electric device cameras pointed toward right towards uh, the catcher and stuff like that. Um, using different methods to alert the batters to what pitch is coming is a whole new level. It's a whole yeah. organized level of cheating. Uh, the punishments have came down. Core is out. Beltran's out. Uh, Houston GM manager out. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that the fun punishment fit the crime? I mean, uh, I mean, I've obviously when my first reaction was is, well, why can't they? Why don't they take away the the championship? That's because that's my first reaction. But then, it's, man, uh, it's, in baseball especially, I don't know if you want to go yeah. down that rabbit hole, man. But it, I mean, it's tough to do it that way because a. I mean, there were a lot of players that came out and they could be, I mean, they told the commissioner, they, but some of them found it annoying. They didn't really find it useful. Some, and some day, sometimes some players that they were ignoring it. Now those were all anonymous. So that could have been your bench player who maybe gets, you know, 25 at bats a year, right. you know, whatever that deal is. So, but I mean, again, it's tough to get, you know, to, to avoid a championship because you'd have to literally look over like the last three years, every single game, and to kind of determine what was what they did, how they took the signs, were they was there an advantage here, was there not an advantage here? It it it'd be really tough for them to take away the championship. So then I looked at it that way, and then it's like, you know what? The it, they so they met, they maxed out the fine, they they took away draft picks, which I think always hurts, especially in baseball, right. especially last you know five years, five ten years. Draft picks is big since the game has become way younger it it does hurt them away in that it does hurt them in that process i can definitely and it, and, to, and too 
time is going to take care of it. You know, teams, they may not take away the championship, but Mm -hmm. other fan bases, teams are going to view them as cheaters. So that's that they're always going to, there's always going to be an asterisk by that championship. They're either what they take up to the way or not. Like we're always going to go, well, they cheated. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. They're always going to be that mystique behind it. Well, that seems to be a situation that is constantly unraveling. We'll touch a little bit more on that once uh, the hammer comes down a little bit more. And it, because this seems there seems to be stories coming out about this semi daily yeah. um, right now. And we're still we still don't know what, what's going to happen to Alex Cora because Cora has been he was sounds like he was the the, the ringleader of all yeah, this. Yeah, that's what they're the, saying. The, the architect of the whole thing. So we're well, just, we we're know he's out at the Red Sox, right? So now it's just a matter of figuring, feeling yeah. like where does he land and when does he land? Yeah, yeah. So his his is going to be, I think, super. I think it's going to be worse than the 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 one the year suspensions. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would imagine. I'd imagine too. I'd have, and, and then you got uh, Beltron who stepped down from the Mets. Yeah, the before night, he so. ever coached a game. Isn't that crazy? Well, he's he's coach- out before he ever coached a game. <laughs> <laughs> such such a Mets thing too, man. It's like such a oh Mets no, thing. man. You know, that sucks. That poor franchise. They can't they can't buy a break. <laughs> well, let's move on to Clemson LSU. The game that happened this past year, uh, week. Uh, any surprises there for you? Any, anything really? I watched the game and the game kind of turned out the way that um, I don't know the way I would have predicted because I had a hard time guessing what because either thing was very probable to me. Uh, if Clemson had won a game, people would have been like, hey, you know, they never they haven't lost in like 30 games. Right. And then if LSU had won the game, people would have been like, hey, you know, LSU's been killing people all year. They've been killing teams all year. So no surprise, no matter who wins. So I had a harder time with that. LSU clearly looked like the better team throughout the year. And I yes. personally, my takeaway from that, Eugene, after watching them play, was strength of schedule matters. Strength of schedule matters, man. When you you can't play teams like LSU in the national championship game. No. Like you, you're you can't play a team of that caliber that late in the game you're playing them in the in the biggest game of the year for you one of the biggest games in your history national championship games don't come every every year you know clemson's been pretty fortunate and they're on a decent run now but we right. know that that run could stop and then it can be 10 years before another one starts easily um i think that when you're playing a team like lsu as good as lsu was you could tell that lsu was used to adversity and clemson was not lsu had been in dogfights with teams that yeah. are good. Clemson had not been. LSU knew how to handle themselves. Clemson was going to have a situation where if you're just now getting up to playing at the speed that this team that your opponent is playing at or the the level that your opponent is playing at, it's going to be hard to try to figure that out mid-game. What was no, your takeaway? That, no, that, that, I mean, you hit it on the nail on the head. I think over the last five years, I think the regular the regular season schedule matters more than it used to, because again, you're you're so right. LSU had been battle tested all year long, and they went in, and you could tell. And once they beat Alabama, they had they had such a confidence after that game. Like no, but you weren't beating them after they beat Alabama. You kind of maybe rattled them a little bit. That maybe they went. Maybe they felt like that was their game. They're like, this was our test, and we passed yeah. it. 
Yeah, and and you can also see. I mean, also, I mean, I mean, we could talk about the officiating. The officiating it was really bad in that game. The officiating in, in the Ohio State game was even was was atrocious as well. Mm-hmm. So, and I understand Ohio State fans that they they have a hard time of, you know, hey, we get screwed all the time. Yeah, that's always their mentality. I feel like Ohio State lose. had opportunities. You know, they did. They and they they did have opportunities, but again, that was another team that was going through regular season and they were battle tested as well. They had, they played some, they had a tougher schedule than, than uh, Clemson. So you're, I, I think you nailed it on, on the, you know, nailed on the head saying you've got to play better competition for the year, just so you're in those situations because they didn't look, I mean, yeah. Once you saw the first couple of drives. Yeah. I mean, they're, it's no it's hard for any team to start running their three, their five yard line and go, you know, 90 plus yards right. score a touchdown. So I was never concerned because once they, once their offense, you can, and you can see once their offense starts, it starts getting going, you can't stop that team. They're just, they're just, uh, uh, everything just starts clicking. They got the, you know, those, those receivers are, are quick. I thought Alabama fast receivers. Good Lord. Those guys were just fast. Yeah. They looked, uh, Clemson at one point just looked completely outmatched out there from the eye test perspective, you know how you could just basically look and see which uh, if a team comes to play or not. Um, Clemson, they definitely came to play. It just didn't seem like they were ready for a team like LSU. They weren't ready for a team like that. Um, yeah. Once they, once they figure out, Oh, you're going to rush, you're going to keep blitzing us. Okay. And then, then our best receiver is going to be one, one on one with, with a quarterback. That's that favors our matchup every single time. And they just, they kill that matchup every time. Yeah. And you can't, um, you can't simulate a team as good as LSU. You just got to go out there and play them and learn from what happens. If you win, win, lose or draw, you learn from it. And that's usually what builds a championship team in the end, especially in the NFL. Uh, you're building a championship team after you've been through some diversity in a year and you're learning from that diversity that you've been through. Um, Let's move to the NFL here. We have Stefanski got hired by the Vikings. Now, or by, by the, um, not by the Vikings, I'm sorry. Stefanski got hired by, the, by the, yeah. the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Robert, uh, so, was it? We just, just for the Salah. Robert Salah just got passed over for the job. Him and, and Stefanski both interview for the job it's crazy that they played in a head-to-head game right they each of them yes. on their side of the ball robert salah had his defense out there stefanski had his offense out there robert salah won that matchup decisively uh it is strange to me that salah didn't get the browns job that being said I have read, um, well, I have, I've seen, I haven't really read all these articles, but I've seen a, um, a few articles that are praising this hire for the Browns, saying that Stefanski is the right guy for the job. What did you think when you heard? Well, I just didn't, I, I, I don't understand why these hires are happening so quick. You know, like so it's like there's some really good talent in these playoffs. Why are we like rushing? Why don't we just wait till the playoffs ends or the you know, Super Bowl or whatever? Is there uh, another person out there? Because I think they talked to a few people because when you think about the fact that Robert Salah did interview for this job, that um, 
some of these players, some of these coaches do get talked to despite the fact that they are making playoff runs, you know, because Salah yeah. is still, you know, he's still in the playoffs now. He did interview for the Browns job. He just didn't get it. Um, Stefanski must have uh, really knocked their, knocked their pants off over there. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. He's going, I mean, he's worked, he worked great with Kirk Cousins and he's kind of has a very similar quarterback. I think with, with Baker who kind of needs those other elements, you know, kind of like the, you know, that cousins, I think Baker might be the same, the same. I know it's a very small sample size, but I right. Mean, and I don't maybe, trust maybe, Baker maybe, the way I trust Kirk cousins. I trust right. cousins. Maybe, I don't trust Baker. And, and all maybe the way that's right what now. they're doing is maybe like, Hey, let's build an offense. That's kind of similar to what we had in Minnesota where we build it on the run game and do a lot of play action. So I could see that as a fit, but man, that guy is, I, I've been, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been in love with that, that, um, that defensive coordinator. I think he'll like make a good head year. coach somewhere. I, I think, think that, I think he, he looks like he's got the raw, raw on the sidelines, passing all the eye tests for what I feel like a coach would be. And, uh, his, his unit is playing extremely well. He's yeah. getting those guys straight. And he's got some stars on that unit. One thing, it's one thing to have stars on a unit and people feel like the star is what the reason why you're good, right? But I think it's underappreciated how hard it is to coach these star players, too. So if you get buy-in from these star players, that says something about that coach, in my opinion. Because yeah. those star players, Richard Sherman's Richard Sherman without Robert Salah, right? Who's no more? Richard Sherman or Robert Salah? Let me Richard Sherman. Right. Um, he goes, right. a player like that goes in there. And he's got complete buy-in. You see him out there performing, right? He's not out yeah, there trashing see, his coach. Yeah, and he had his back after he didn't get the job. I mean, that was – so that tells a lot. I mean, your guys are, are – and they and they play hard for him. That's the thing, too, man. That defense is – that defense plays hard. Oh, they're flying and, around the field out there, man. I mean, they that is just – and it reminds me of um, of Grable um, in Tennessee, like his players, that's they, they always has this has been the talk of the playoffs. Is there that that team loves their coach? I just think that the same thing was a lot. I think he can go anywhere and be a coach, and the players are going to buy in because he's going to be like he just looks like a guy that you want to play for because like he wants to put those pads on there and go out there with you. And that I don't know. I, I think he's I think it's a I think it's a misstep. But we'll I mean we'll see. Again, I, maybe they want to have that more offensive minded coach. I mean, we thought they thought they had it with Freddie Kitchen, so we'll see. I mean, it's strange. Uh, it's strange, yeah. man, and it's definitely strange to me. I think at some point you have to have a situation where you hire a GM or a president or a coach that's not necessarily hired for a player on your team because you're starting kind of backwards. To me, I think that your authority comes from the top. If they ever get to the point where the inmates are running the asylum or or players are making or are the biggest thing going on your team that, you know, let, let me, let me stop for a second there because I get that players are the most important. Let, let's, let's preface my statement with that. Players are important. Okay. It's important to have star players in your team. It's important to have a Tom Brady, but it's super important to have a Bill Belichick. It's super important to have a Mike Tomlin. It's super important to have somebody who's running your organization that commands a certain amount of respect, no matter yeah. who the players are, because that person is probably going to be there longer than that player is going to be there if you get the right one in charge. 
Okay. Yep. You get an adult in charge. You bring in Andy Reid. It doesn't matter. Like, well, we've talked about Andy Reid on several teams. Doesn't matter. Or on on a couple teams and several quarterbacks that he's had on these teams. You know, he worked with Vic. He worked with McNabb. He's worked with Nick Foles. He worked with several quarterbacks. Okay. So when you look up at when you look at the fact that Cleveland would be hiring a coach that they hope will help turn things around for Baker. It's kind of misguided. I get where they're coming from in the sense that you want somebody who's going to work with a young talent that you feel you have at quarterback that you're not really ready to move off of yet. It's not like they're like, well, we don't know about Baker. I think they're still all in on Baker. So that's this hire shows that that being said, I just feel like teams would be better served with hiring a coach or somebody who's in that top position that commands a certain amount of respect, no matter who the player is, you know, um, because if the authority is going to come from the coach, if unless their quarterback is going to be running your team, that's something that you need to think about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like, Hey, what? I mean, cause I mean, no offense, but the last thing you're looking at is like, Oh, you just went to the conference championship game and you got stomped. Stomped. Pretty much got stomped. I mean, there was by the by stomped. the guy who was interviewing for the same job. Yes, by I mean, by his unit. Yeah, and it's uh, I, I just I I don't get it. It's is I mean again though I, we we get I mean we know Kirk Cousins has his limitations he did. and and because we he definitely needs he definitely needs play action he definitely needs run game. Delvin Cook did not you know. Again, he didn't have the. He did not have. A he great had like game. eight carries or something like that. Yeah, it was it some was, some yeah, think, abysmal yeah. amount of carries. And Dalvin Cook, if you had told me Dalvin Cook was going to have under twenty touches in that game, yeah. then yeah. I would have told you that their chances they don't go down to zero, but they plummet because right. with no running game, you one dimensional. Uh, I don't think that you don't. For one, as much as I like Diggs and Thielen. It's not like they're Hopkins out there. Hopkins isn't out there. You know what I mean? I don't expect the, right. the, them to be able to come excel to be able to, to overcome the complete lack of run game. Yeah. I mean, but hey, at least they're, 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 they get their defensive coordinator back next year. I mean, I bet they're happy. <laughs> oh, I would be. It's kind of one of those situations yeah, yeah. where you're hoping that your friend gets a job, but then you're hoping they don't so they can still stay working with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that San Francisco is the winner in that situation. And the team, we'll see how Salah does this next year. Um, and he looks like he'd be a good, good coach. You will never know until that actually, he actually gets the opportunity to do that. But hopefully that does come down the line here for him and we can uh, prove it. I, I think it will. I, I, I think it's just a matter of time. He'll, he'll get it. He'll get an opportunity. Well, what is up with Luke? Is it Keekley? Uh, Keekly retiring at 28. Seeing a lot of this these days. Yeah. I mean, that's just, and I, I, when I saw it, I was like, that can't be right. And then I kept seeing, cause I saw him like post a video. I was like, uh, and he looked a little sad. I'm like, wait a minute. Is he retiring? Cause I, cause I went and I was like, and I watched it. I was like, Oh, and it was just like, it was just surreal. I was like, this dude is just like, he's like one of the, like I, I, I said, I posted something to him on Twitter. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to love slash hate watching, miss watching you. Cause I mean, he's one of those guys. You were just like, Oh, you, you hated the guy, but man, if he was on your team, you would totally love oh, him. He's a thumper <laughs> too, man. I liked him. I liked him out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good dude plays hard every down. I mean, it's just, I was completely shocked. And I know you and I were talking about, um, 
uh, is he let's say he's a Hall of Famer? Mm-hmm. And here's my thing: thinking, I mean, maybe we have to start re- revising what the Hall of Fame looks like if, if star players keep doing this. You know, uh, you know, I I have a hard time with it, man. I'm I go in between. Like I have a hard time if uh, first of all the Hall of Fame. You know, Skip Bayless used to say this all the time. He's on first take. Uh, he used to be on first take. You know, he's on um, Skip and Shannon now, FS1. He used to say that a player might go to the Hall of Very Good, but not go necessarily go to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like the Hall of Fame needs to be reserved for the most excellent, excellent of player and the most excellent of situations. Like then when I say situations, I mean like you have players that have played if a player in that same position played five more years than you, I want to go look at the Hall of Fame average. Let's say we looked at a Hall of Fame average for linebackers because he's a what, middle linebacker. Yep. Um, let's say we look at the Hall of Fame for middle linebackers and we say how long they have played. You know, uh, I will try to pull that stuff up while we're talking. If on average the players have played about 10 years, about 10 years, then maybe because Luke Keekley played for what eight? Yeah, he's right around eight. Then maybe I can look and say, okay, well, all right, well, maybe well, it's only a two twenty percent difference. His numbers are so great in that eight. Maybe you can try to make the math work in your in your head, right? But it's kind of like, um, I don't know, man. I. I, I I don't know if the hall if if it's like twelve years. Let's say it's like four to five years more. Let's say on average it's twelve to thirteen years. Then I'm gonna have a little more time. So I have the Hall of Fame list. You can go ahead and with your commentary here. I have a list yeah, I'm gonna look at. at. Well, yeah, I'm I looking mean, at it now. But again, I mean, if you've got let's just say eight great years, then then he has five, four to five mediocre years. I mean, why are we? We should like look at what he did when he was on the field versus how long he was there. Cause I mean, let's, I mean, there's no doubt he was a difference maker when he was on the field. It's not like it's, I just, I, it's kind of hard to think he's, he's one of these guys. Okay. We should be on the fence about like he, he was a hall. He, he might have been, in my opinion, he, he's an all favor just, just cause just a sheer eye test. And, and also the stats back it up too. It's not like he was like, Oh, flying around and, you look good on on tape. You look good on you know when you're watching the game. But man, it's just it, it, like I said, I we kind of have to start looking at some of these guys and going, you know what? He is a Hall of Famer because there's some, there's a lot there's a lot of guys who are in the Hall of Fame who should not be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, you, so you know, let me see here. I got so the one guy. There's only a couple guys that have that amount of that have that. There's only a couple of guys that have that average. I need, let me let me pull up. I need to pull up Luke's averages, while because you sent those to me, and yeah. I need to pull those up because um, there are some comps here. I think that I see Dick Buckus here had a similar length of career. Uh-huh. I'm looking to try to find his tackling situation to see if his tackles are the same. Um, INTs they're relatively the same. Twenty two. 22 uh, INTs for Buckus, 18 INTs for uh, Keekly. looks like, let me see, fumble recoveries, returns, uh, tackle for losses. I don't see the fumble recoveries and stuff like that. Uh, I need to go to Dick Buckus. Let's go to his 
my pro football reference. I love that site, man. Let's take a second to talk about pro football reference, man. I oh, love yeah, it's like the best. that <laughs> site, man. If you want any stat you want is on that site, man. Yeah. All right, so let's pull out Dick Buckus here. Dick Buckus had a very similar career to Keekley. He is in the Hall of Fame. He played for eight years like Keekley played. Uh, he went from 23 to 31. And let's see, he had... Oh, man, I don't think... I think this might have been before sacks were counted, so we don't get to see a sack, sack count. Yeah, sacks and it doesn't look like tackles were were um, counted either. Oh, so man. That's that sucks because he's a, a great comp, you know, he's a great comparison. They played almost the same amount of games exactly. Uh fumble recoveries, twenty seven fumble recoveries, but I'm not sure what the what Keekley's would be. Um let me go to the sweet spot appears to be around 11, 12 years or so, where a lot of these guys yeah. are played that are in like your your uh Jack Hams of the world. Sam Huffs, they're all they all played about 11, 12 years. Lawrence Taylor played 12 years. Um, I, it's hard to find another eight-year guy in here. Let's see here. 14 years for that guy. Junior say I played 19 years. That's an outlier, man. And nobody played that long. No. <laughs> so let me see here. Okay, so we got a nine-year guy on here. Robert Brazil is a nine-year guy. Uh... Let's see here. Hmm. That might have been the only game in town, man. Sam Huff played for eight. No, Sam Huff played for 11, 12 years, actually, because he retired in 68, came back 69. Um, yeah, man, it's I don't see a ton. I see a guy named Lex, Les Richter, who played for eight years. Let's look at let's see if we get less Richter stats, but he looks like he's also played in a time period where all those stats weren't counted like they count now. Like I'm not sure he's not doesn't like he's gonna have any sack stats. Right. Um yeah, he's not gonna have any stats. Those stats are way different. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh all of that is all good. 118 games. I know that he did get to the point where he had some injury issues. And he was uh, having trouble staying on the field. Yeah, but that's that was uh, between 2015. Look, I mean, he that was 2015, 2016, 13 and 10. But 2017, 2018, 2019, 15, 16, and 16. So it, it's just yeah. Let me go to his uh, yeah. It's crazy. Pro football I mean, reference. First first three years, 16 games. Mm-hmm. 2015, 13. 2016, 10. Then 2017, 15. 16, I mean, it's just again. He's he's a He's a beast. Okay. So let me see. Seven here. pro bowler, seven time pro bowler, eight, eight time, eight time of his career, seven time all pro, defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year. I mean, 2012 is the defensive rookie of the year, 2013 defensive player of the year. And he's only it's missed, just, he missed some games, but when I'm looking at the games here, his career, he's uh-huh. only missed, let me see, of total of all the games he could have played. He's only missed seven, ten games total in his career yeah. of all the games yeah. he could have possibly played, and that's not bad. Right, it's not yeah. bad at all. I, again, I just think we're gonna have to some of these guys like like again. Now there are gonna, some guys that we're gonna have to look at and go. They're gonna be on different lines, but you I mean, mean like the Andrew I, Luck situation. Yes, absolutely. Now Luck, we're gonna have to look at and go. I don't. I don't think he is. 
I would look at Luck. I don't think he. I don't think he is. I think he would. He's a prime example. We need. We need those next four to five years to really say okay, because he's the one. He was. I think he's on the cusp, right? And but he played a at, year less. He played a year less than Keekly, and he played in forty less games than Keekly. Right. Exactly. So we didn't. We, and again, that was. It was like the. I think the, Luck the gets year. the no. For me, yeah, because right six but, years but, isn't enough to put you in the Hall of Fame. But then you've got, but then you've got the other the other side of that. You have Eli Manning, career record five hundred. Um, I mean, I you got him. That's a debate. You know, That's it's, it's a debate. Up. It's a debate on two different sides of the spectrum, right? Yeah, is it a debate from right. being an Iron Man, an Iron Man player who constantly has your team in contention? Who, despite mm-hmm. the fact of what you think about how lucky he got during those Super Bowls, they probably would not have won those Super Bowls without him. Um, I don't know. Again, so again, uh, then you're. So do we? Do we? Do we give me a mediocre? The past and get into the, get into the just because he has two Super Bowl rings because he was it's not, rough it's rough because yeah. Eli's gonna hold like he's an Iron Man status I, he started a lot of games for that team too he, so he's he also did. will have that going to his favor he'll have a lot of things to say you might not have put me in the Hall of Fame but it's gonna be very hard to tell the story of the New York Giants and leave Eli Manning out oh you know absolutely. it's a very storied franchise um so. If this is the Jaguars, may I don't know, you know, uh, but it's the New York Giants. It's a historic franchise. They've had historic players, and you are a historic player amongst other historic players. So yeah. it's hard. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. I don't think either one of these guys should be first ballots. Luke Keekley is um, has the resume that if he was to get into the Hall of Fame, I don't think anybody should be upset about it. Like I don't think yeah, you absolutely. should be like nobody should be uh, clutching their pearls if Luke Kuechly gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, if you look at those numbers, I mean, you're like, okay, he he was on for like eight years. I mean, it, it's tougher to, to be like that. And just like the number, the tackle numbers, the solo tackles. I mean, it's he's. I mean, he obviously the first two years, three years of his career, they were insane. But again. He still had like 81 solo tackles last year. I mean, that's insane. And he, so he's still playing at a high level. And then again, yeah, it, I, I, I think I think he's in. But yeah, I agree. Probably won't be the first, you know, first ballot. But he, he'll eventually get in. Okay. Well, let's go to the playoffs here that are happening this weekend. Two games to talk about. Uh, I. Well, I'll let you go first here. Who are anything interesting for you? Do you see any upsets coming this weekend? I don't know. I keep picking against Tennessee and they keep beating me every time. But I mean, I just, I think it's going to be hard for, it seems like Tennessee's motive spin the last couple, couple games is to ram it down their throats. You know, ram it against the opposing Yeah, team. soften them up that first, second, third quarter. And then just I mean, open it all the way up for the fourth. Yeah. Right, right. I think they can do. They can probably do that against, you know, the Chiefs. So the Chiefs don't have the their best defense, but again, they do have that guy, you know, Pat Mahomes on the other side of that field, and he is just, and that offense, that 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 was like watching the LSU's offense. Like, uh, okay, you you're gonna you're gonna double our best receiver. Okay, I'm just gonna throw my tight end. Perfect. Oh, 
oh, you're going you're gonna to double him? All right, I'm just going to throw it on the flat to my running back, and he's going to get make 10, 15 yards. That was like – like, that game last week was like watching – they're like watching those old Madden games when you've got Bo Jackson and you're <laughs> running up – you know? <laughs> running people just, over, running up and down the field. I mean, they went on a 51-7 and seven run. That was crazy. That's like crazy. That's they basketball. said like 28 minutes, 28 points in like nine, 10 minutes somewhere yes. or something like that. I that's mean, ridiculous. I, we were all the text exchange and, and we're all like going, Hey, if, if they score here, it's over with. Right. Because and that 28 to nothing would have been daunting. My friend, that would have been hard. No, I mean, again, I, I still think even when he went down, but, um, they, I still think it would have came back. I mean, it, they, that was just insane, but I just can't, I just feel like the Cinderella's the 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 glass slippers breaking this weekend. It's okay. got to. They, they, I just can't see them beating Kansas City. Do you agree? I mean, are we just crazy? Or we just no. I just- I um <laughs> I, I think that the tell of the tell of two teams here. Like I was definitely when Tennessee went up to Baltimore. I definitely had Baltimore beating Tennessee. That was like that was the only game I missed on. I missed on. I went one for. I went three for four last week. With uh, I picked Green Bay, I picked uh, Kansas City, I picked Baltimore, and I picked um, the 49ers. Okay? Yep. I picked those four teams. I was very surprised that Tennessee did to Baltimore what they did to them. Um, I didn't expect that to happen. However, that being said, uh, the other games, well, the, the, the manner in which the Texans lost was definitely surprising. It made it for a very interesting game. I think the biggest difficulty Tennessee is going to have with KC is with number one five, and they don't not. I don't think anybody in this league right now has an answer for him. Like um, the thing with Baltimore, you play a team like Baltimore. If Baltimore gets behind, they're a run heavy team. If they get behind, now Lamar can fling the thing; he can throw the football, but they're a run heavy team if they get behind. And with Kansas City, we've seen like there's no lead that's safe from them. So you're not going to be able to just hand the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times and have that be safe. Right. You, you know what I mean? Say, yeah. He, uh, Tannehill has to. They, they, at he's going to have to put it in the air, at, in yes. my opinion, at some point. Now, I think he can do it. I just think that 1-5 can do it better. And I think that um, there's not an answer for him. How do you stop him? And he plays the most important position on the field there's not an answer for Derrick Henry either but when you look at position quarterback versus running back which one do you want there not to be an answer for I would imagine you want there not to be an answer for your quarterback who's gonna be touching that ball every single time and uh that's what it is Patrick Mahomes is can take off too let's not be crazy he can get 10 or 15 if he needs to which is a problem it's a problem for defenses because it's demoralizing you'll hold him to like a third and eight or a third and 12 and he breaks a 10, 15 yard run. That's demoralizing because the man can throw it as well. So it's kind of like, I don't think there's an answer for him. I think they go to KC. You know, I love my guy, Andy Reid. I think the time is now. I think they go to KC and uh, the Titans lose. In my opinion, this could be a blowout game. Like we could, it could be a blowout. Now I don't know if it will be. And I hope it's not because I always hope for if nothing else, I hope for a good game. I hope to be able to sit down and watch a very interesting game. But I think that if Tennessee doesn't throw it in and have the ability to throw the ball consistently um, and match the firepower that KC is going to bring, you know, KC, they don't get the benefit of, of Kansas city having two, three weeks of rest. Like the, uh, 
like Houston did. Houston came in playing the previous week, playing a team that hadn't played in like three weeks. So there was some rust there. But you see, they got once the rust came off, it was a significant amount of points scored on for them. I see oh, the yeah. same thing happening this week. I see a significant amount of scores, a significant amount of points for the Chiefs. But I don't think there's going to be the slow start. And also, I think it goes to their favor. The same way I think it goes to the Packers' favor a little bit that they lost the first game. When teams lose that first game, it's kind of like the situation we were talking about with uh, LSU and Clemson. How Clemson faced no adversity throughout the year. So they got to the championship game and they weren't battle tested. Uh, This is going to be a different situation. Kansas City lost to Tennessee earlier. You know they want that game back. And when you look at how they lost to Tennessee, they barely lost to Tennessee at Tennessee with Patrick Mahomes' first game back. They barely yeah. lost that game. So yeah. now they're, you they're know they want revenge, team. bro. They're playing a different Kansas City team too now. That that can I mean, again, they're not gonna be they're not gonna be San Francisco in defense, obviously. But the right. defense has gotten a lot better than when they played the first time. Well, Clark's out there and, putting them putting them on their putting these QBs on their backsides. Right. So their defense isn't and, horrible. And then you've got and plus I think you nailed it too when you were like, Hey, I don't think guys are gonna be dropping passes. And this game, like they did it, because again, when they when Houston went up twenty four nothing, or we, I really wasn't all that scared because I knew once those guys started catching the ball, it was over. And the breaks, they, you gotta. It, there's something to be said about a team that gets ahead of you, and this is so true. This has been true from how from I don't know about every sport, but I will say at least for years, and definitely with football, it's been very true that if you're looking at a game, if the other team hasn't is only beating themselves be on the lookout for that. They haven't had a chance to really play the team. If they're dropping passes, um, muff punts, um, there have the other teams getting breaks, but they're not beating the other team. Like Houston was getting breaks, but they weren't beating the chiefs. If that makes sense, they were getting breaks. They were getting breaks because the chiefs receivers are dropping third down passes and they were, uh, having special team hiccups, you know? So when that stuff got fixed, it was never a game. Yeah. It was done. It's it never was never a game. It was what, 28, 24 at halftime? Right. It was like, okay. It was never this, a game, man, because they, the Chiefs stopped beating themselves. So you want to yeah. have a situation like that. I think it was never in question only because of that for me. Or I would say it wasn't in, I didn't panic. It was definitely in question at 24 nothing first quarter. It was in question. Um, but it was a situation where it was never panicked because you didn't really get a chance to see what the chiefs could do because they were beating themselves yeah. too much. I don't think that Tennessee is going to get the, get that head start on the chiefs this week. Definitely picking the chiefs, uh, the win. I'm just picking on yeah, the win, and, but the win big wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy. It's like, they did not panic. You saw Mahomes going up rallying the troops and, uh, on the sidelines. One play at a time. We got this. And he has so much confidence and I wish I bet I wish Baltimore would have taken that same approach. And I think the difference between Baltimore is that um, when it comes to yeah, Patrick Mahomes is a special kind of player. Special kind of it's like having Deshaun Watson back there. These are special kind of players, and Lamar Jackson is a special kind of player. Also, I think the difference is what how the teams are set up. Lamar Mm -hmm. Jackson is a comparable player and athlete to Patrick Mahomes. But when it comes to just pure quarterbacking skill, this isn't a one and one a situation. Patrick Mahomes is way better when it comes to just a pure pocket passer. 
Patrick Holmes is a better pure pocket passer than, than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson doesn't get credit for how good of a pocket passer he is. He hasn't gotten credit for that throughout the year because he's better. People make it seem like he can just run, and that's not the truth. Lamar not can throw that all. thing down the field also, and that's why he's going to be the MVP, and he should be the MVP of uh, of this year. That being said, if you're going just pure quarterback, I'm not sure there are many GMs, even when Lamar Jackson is tearing it up, that would have took Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes. Um, oh, absolutely not. I don't think that. And, and w- But when you think about that, then that gives you a lot of your answers, right? When you can say that with confidence that, hey, no GM would have took, would take Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes if you're looking for, just a pure passing quarterback. You're, you're not going to, you're not taking them. So that's the difference in the situations here is that Patrick Mahomes being a pure pocket passer threat from the deep threat means that he's always a threat to score fast. A yeah. deep pocket passer like that who can, or a, or a deep thrower who passes from the pocket accurately could throw that thing out of the out of the field, out of the stadium if you wanted to. That guy can score too fast on you with Tyreek Hill running running out there. So I think you Tennessee just that's just gonna be too much. Baltimore needs to matriculate the ball down the field at times. And yeah. I think that that yeah. opens it up for big plays for them because sometimes they'll Ooh. run, 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 big 30, 40 yard chunk for Baltimore. Yeah. Run, run, yeah. run, and big then, 30, 40 like yard said, chunk. It's going to be fun to watch him develop because I mean, hell, hell, the kid's only 23. So it's going to be, again, I think they're going to work with him in the offseason. I'm excited to see what, what kind of, what Lamar comes back with, uh, with next yeah, year. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting because it's an interesting commentary on people feel like he can't win with that style of play. I feel like you're at a disadvantage with that style of play only because if you play from behind, it becomes neutered to a certain degree. Like that style of play becomes difficult. Depending on like if they were down twenty four to nothing, they would have they 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 are going to be in a much different situation than the Chiefs are. Yeah, but they panicked being fourteen nothing down. I think that was the difference. It's like they they panicked too early. It's like guys, they should have just stuck to their game plan and they could probably would have tied up the game. And well, keeping and, it close with that guy Derrick Henry running back there, man, I, there was no answer for him. Yeah. And I don't think the Chiefs are going to have an answer for him either. I just think that Patrick no, Mahomes I, I is better. Either, but it's like they they did panic too early, and it's like they had a lot of freaking outs. I mean. And the, the crazy part is, it's like, yeah, he panicked, they panicked early, and you still look at the Lamar, Lamar stats. He's still like close up through high, like total, like 500 yards. You're right. Right. He, <laughs> he was still the only game in town for Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it'll be fun to watch him develop. But yeah, I, I'm back. I'm back with you as well. I, I don't think, again, it's, I think Derek will still have a big game, but it, I think it might be like, it's going to be a lot of like a, a garbage time, you know. I think get a lot of yards for that. You're gonna look at the yards. I think they might try to get them going early, and then have to be forced to abandon it if the Chiefs just start running up the score. Yeah, they're gonna have. To. I mean, I think it would be surprised if they went out and just, I mean, and kind of just did it, did it opposite. Get Tannehill going. Get the passing going. See if that changes things up. I mean, well, well they we'll gotta to come see, in multi-dimensional. But- we know that, so we'll 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 see what strategy they take. I don't know if there is one for uh one five back there though. I don't number oh, yeah. fifteen is just rip, ripping it up right now. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Bad. You know what I mean? Right. He's it's two AFC championship games in two years. Uh, yeah. I, what do you do about that? Yeah, it probably should have won the Super Bowl <laughs> last year. Probably should have won the right. Super Bowl last year as well. Right. So I mean, so that's crazy. That's crazy, man. I'm happy for my guy Andy Reid, and I'm really hoping he's able to pull this off. On to another game uh, with the 
Packers and the 49ers. I think that this is a situation, too, that helps the Packers that they lost so badly. When teams lose badly the first time, uh, the chip on the shoulder it creates for them is a little different. It's a little different because they come back with a little bit of extra. Now, do I think that little bit of extra will be enough to beat the 49ers at home? I'm going to say no, only because I would pick defenses in this type of situation most of the time, unless your offense is abysmal. Um, That's just my strategy. Whoever's got the best defense at this point is usually who I'm going to pick, especially when your defense is as good as the 49ers. Let's let's add that as well. The 49ers defense has been playing very well too. It's not just a good defense. Stereotypically speaking, it's a great defense and they've been playing very, very well. And I think it's going to be very hard for Green Bay to go in there and win. That being said, that being said, I don't know, man. I it just feels like Rodgers could pull this off. Like if it doesn't feel it doesn't feel impossible at all to me that Rodgers goes in there and pulls this off. What do you yeah, think? I don't know. I still they still don't scare me. I I really wish last week. I wish they would have like just throw out the playbook and just hand the keys over to Russell Wilson a little sooner. Mm-hmm. And I also wish that Seattle would have went for that fourth down rather than kick the ball. Mm-hmm. I hate when, again, though I'm not, I'm not discounting Rodgers. He made some two amazing third down throws to keep the ball, which is what he does back to Seattle. Yeah, he does that. But I just, again, I just, I don't trust that team. I still don't want well, something about them. They don't. I know they're, I know they're in the NFC Championship game, but I just, I look at them and go, they're just not that scary to me. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know. If I look at them, I'm like, mm. again, I just think, I think, again, I, 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 I you think the Packers have a prayer in this game. Cause I, I guess in my situation, no. I'm picking the foul, I'm picking the 49ers, but I'm giving the, uh, it would not. So, so when your particular, particular situation here, it like, sounds like you, like pe- week, yeah, like a the blowout. Game. Like you, th- you, you you're game. thinking that they're going to give them damn near 40, is what, is what Eugene yeah. thinks. That's okay. what I'm thinking. I, yeah, I just think they're they're plus they're playing two. San Francisco actually looks they 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 again they look like a real team. They look they well look oiled like out there, man. Like they're they not even really breaking a sweat. Do. I mean, <laughs> I, I've never seen it. Plus, Aaron Rodgers, I've never seen a guy who's one game away from a Super Bowl look so angry. So like, why am I here? What are we doing? He looks like he doesn't look like he's playing for a thirteen and three team. He looks like he's playing. We're a three and thirteen team, and it's just I don't understand his body language is just so odd, so weird right now. When you watch him on the field, it's just, I don't know. I just he doesn't look like he. I don't know if he just doesn't believe in it, or maybe maybe that's his. Maybe he's psych. Maybe he's psyching us all out, and that's when we're gonna. And when they win the Super Bowl, we're gonna be like, oh yeah, I just did that all year, just throw you guys off, you know. But yeah, I I just they just like like they look. I mean, Shanahan just the he uh, he's just amazing. He's just an amazing coordinator. Uh, he's making he's making Jimmy G look really great out there, <laughs> as he does. You know, yeah. Shanahan does tends to make uh, quarterbacks look very good, so there's no surprise there for me. I would definitely be surprised if they go to San Francisco and get damn near forty points put up on them again. I'd be surprised. I would be. I'd be surprised if if Green Bay doesn't have more fight this time because they're going in. I think Aaron Jones is healthy. Um, yes. I think uh, Devontae Adams should be out there. I would, I would have to look at the health of both those players the first time they played. But um, 
I think they're healthy. I think the Packers can go in there and make a game out of it, man. If they win, if the Packers win, I totally won't be surprised by this. Uh, versus the KC game where I could see if KC was to end up blowing out Tennessee, I wouldn't be surprised by it. Um, but I would be surprised if the 49ers blow out a pack because basically that would co-sign everything that you just said. Like the Packers were the worst three and 13 team. Like what are they even doing here? You know, if they go down there and just get embarrassed. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't trust this. I just don't, I haven't really trusted them all year. Uh, they just don't, when you watch them play, you, they play. And again, they're being battle tested and maybe that's a good thing, but they played from behind for some teams that they should be playing from behind, you know, too. I mean, there, I know it's NFL and it's every given Sunday, but there's, there should be a point where, okay, we go in there and we just destroy you. Why are we letting you hang around? I mean, they, they like Carolina hang around that one week. They let the, the Lions hang around. There's been multiple games that let them hang around. Now, Kansas City's a little bit. I mean, San Francisco, they, they've literally taken care of their business. And the two lost, they lost the two playoff teams. And they didn't get blown out by those two playoff teams either. You know, they, they, the, the teams they lost to. So, I mean, they, they I don't know. It, it'd be really surprising to me if the, if, Creepy goes in there and beats. So, do you think that because uh, uh, I have to find a way to get our Falcons in here? Remember, our Falcons went in there and beat beat them. Do you think it's our the Falcons were better than Green Bay? Uh, well, do you know that didn't our Falcons go in and beat them? Beat the 49ers too? Mm-hmm. If I was thinking mm-hmm. Falcons went in and beat them at home. Yeah, yeah. So we went into San Francisco. We we handled business. We came home. Um. If well, the Falcons can do it, one, yeah, mm, you're right. I don't know, man. I mean, it it's not impossible. And the fact that Green Bay got destroyed the first time, I felt like it's a little embarrassing. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. You remember Jimmy G when they did play at Washington? They had like ten points that game. I want to say they um, they did, but they, no way. But they, that was elements too. That was a torrential downpour and all that. There stuff. was, yeah, that game was insane. And right. the game, and when they were, you have to give it to the fourth when they when they played the Falcons. The Falcons were they're super high at that point. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm, but, would you? Uh, so would you have called the Falcons hotter than the Packers? You would have thought the Falcons were hotter right then than than the Packers were. They, they were. Are now? If you look at their, if you look at the way they played last the last couple weeks. The the Falcons were were on a stretch there, okay. You know, and if they and again, when the Falcons lost to a team, it was they they were no just coming back. You know, it was <laughs> yeah, like they're. But I, I mean, I don't know. I'm with you, man. I'd be surprised if the Packers go in there and just and, and win. I just I I just don't see it from this team. You actually see blowouts. I mean, so you you're going one step further than I am. You you see the the blowout on the horizon, I, man. I, just, I don't see I the blowout coming. Yeah, their defense is healthy. Um, Sherman's going to be talking, which is great. I he's think gonna that's be. what we all. Yeah, I think he's going to be on Adams, and it's going to be a problem. Gonna, it's going to be a long day gonna, for Adams. It's going to be a long day, but I mean, uh, Devontae's going to get his catches. He's going to get some. But, but, but man, Sherman, you talk about a player that could just neutralize a great receiver on your team oh. and, and take him down to average numbers then I feel like Sherman's that guy, man. So I definitely would have 49ers winning here. We'll see what happens here as a, as the, uh, the week unfolds, we'll come back. We'll do an update show, get a pre-Super Bowl show and start to probably get into NBA here, man. It's about that time. We'll have a lot more NBA on our, on our next show here.
This is Reg ATL Sports Talk with Eugene Morton. We'll see you next time.